Welcome one, welcome all, and welcome back to what is sort of the 12th episode of the Transform Your Game podcast. I'm Richard, your host and moderator this evening, uh, but today will be a bit different than most of the episodes we've had before. Uh, rather than my three usual amazing friends and co-hosts, Kent, Kai, and Joel, today I am joined by just one guest, but he's a pretty special guest. Uh, a dominant force in the still burgeoning competitive scene for the Transformers TCG, winner of 2019 Origins Open, top four of the very first Energon Invitational, winner of the 2019 PPT Columbus Open, winner of the very first PPT Orlando Invitational, and TFTCG YouTube video content extraordinaire on the channel DefTF, the one, the only, Stefan Pinkney. Say hello, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing, Rich? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How'd you think? What'd you think of the intro? Man, that was great. Oh, I feel like I'm a, I'm a I'm a man of firsts though, so I'm like now now the next uh, task like I, I went into Origins like saying I was gonna win like I knew I had the 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 uh, fortitude to win, but um now that you say all these first things that reminds me it's like oh yeah it is like the first of everything so now my next goal is to see if I can just win another tournament of these same type of stature so we'll see. Yeah, man, the bar is set pretty high. You know, basically yeah, anything, yeah, yeah, anything yeah. but first is not enough, right? Right. I, mean, I, I don't want it to be like a first-time thing, like, oh, well, he only won because it was the first one, and, like, as more people come in, it's like, it gets more challenging. Can I still, you know, hang up to the to the test? So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, our discussion here today is motivated by kind of a cool series of events. Cool. Uh, you, Stefan, started a series called Comp Camp on your YouTube channel, DefTF. Yeah. Uh, the first video is with the godfather of Vector Sigma himself, Scott Landis. Uh, and more recently, at least by the time this comes out, <laughs> you've, you'll have spoken to my friend and teammate Kai Wynn. Um, so. uh, now, I know you're making your way through some of the awesome and insightful members of our community, but it left me thinking how sad it was that you couldn't really be on the receiving end of your own style of treatment for the Comp Camp show. I appreciate that. I appreciate the look up. Yeah, man. So I had Kai ask you if you'd give me and by proxy the crew at Transform Your Game uh, the privilege of trying to emulate your inimitable style. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but before we get into the part where I talk a little less, uh, do you have anything you want to say, info for the people listening, or any, any important shout-outs? Um, shout-out to the squad, Vector Sigma. Um, uh, shout-out to Transform Your Game, of course. Um, I definitely respect you guys. You definitely are some of the... Uh, the guys I definitely uh, look out for in the tournament scene when I hear you guys are coming to an event, you know, gets even more serious and more real when I'm there. So um, definitely respect you guys and the work you guys do and how you guys play the game. And um, just be safe out there, you know, in this, uh, these unfortunate times. But, um, you know, the uh, webcam page is definitely alive and uh, well. So definitely looking to migrate into that and, you know, we can at least get some type of uh, fun incorporated in the game somehow, some way. You know, at least it's something um, until this whole thing is over. Absolutely. Uh, all right, fantastic. Well, I say we hop right in. I know you got cool. things to do after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah. All right, well, first question. Uh, so what's your background with the card game scene more generally? What was your first game that like got you into it all? Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is my actual still number one love. I love Transformers. Don't get me wrong. Transformers is one of the uh, – I grew up with Beast Wars when it comes to Transformers. So uh, when that expansion comes out uh, in a, you know, a, a wave for the TCG, I would be very, very excited. Um, I might just get a whole set of cards just to collect and laminate or something. That's how much I love these words. So, but uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, been out, you know, what since '03 when it came to the United States, and um, I've been so. watching it. Yeah, watching it, you know, from the very first episode with uh, Kaiba and the Blue Eyes and Exodia and all that good stuff, all the way up to about 2014. But I'm um, so between 2000 and let's say half, 
the second half of 2007 on up to about 2014, I played uh, super competitive. Um, my limelight status in the game was from of about maybe 2012, 2011 and 2012-ish. That's mm-hmm. when I really um, was able to, you know, start really getting really good at the game, I guess you could say. And, um, yeah, it's always had a competitive sense in that game, like, you know, just going to tournaments with thousands of players, going to regionals with hundreds of players and things like that, like always having something forward to look, look forward to so about, like, every weekend to, uh, you know, play against these people that all were trying to do the same thing I was and make these top eights and put your name out there and things like that. Um, I had the uh, blessing to uh, be able to play with one of the best players in the game, Cesar Gonzalez, for anybody that's ever played uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, so he taught me a lot, and I was under his wing and was able to, uh, you know, step into that the next step of uh, the high-tier competitive scene. So migrating that to uh, Transformers has definitely helped a lot, I will say. So. Yeah, I mean, so did, did I know you said, uh, I guess like when you were talking to Scott, that your first competitive deck in Transformers was the Double, pl- double Primes, pardon double me, the Twin yep, Primes? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, did you yeah, know that was my first Super Rare I pulled. Like, I bought a box or two, and, like, I was just, I think I was super blessed with how I pulled. Like, I was <laughs> in the car, I remember talking to my girlfriend about these new cards, and I was like, yeah, you got to play with me when we get home. I think this is going to be real cool. Blah blah blah, and I'm on the phone, and she's like talking about something else, and I'm like, yeah, uh huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I pulled pull Nemesis, and I'm like just staring at it, and I'm like, yo, I was so happy. I was like, man, so now I'm about to play that double prime deck I saw in this Vector Sigma page or whatever, and put that together, and fell in love with it, you know, and from there. So, were you were you always intending to uh, like try and play Transformers competitively since you had the experience in Yu-Gi-Oh? No, no, no. I literally only because of my friend um, Maurice Douglas. He is the reason why I'm playing this game. Period. I would have found out about this game maybe like a year or two later, and would and it would just been like a oh cool Transformers has a trading card game, and then I would have been the end of it. I wouldn't have tried to play. But he is a uh, very uh, adamant in terms of hey, why don't you come try this? Why don't you come try that in terms of new things? And um, I you know had nothing to lose. I was like yeah sure I can come over and you know play, uh, you know, try it out. And, of course, it was super easy to learn in terms of the math and who you attack and just counting this and that, you know, flipping orange, flipping blue. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Okay. And then, like, I was just, like, on top of that, I was just hooked. Like, I was like, this is actually really cool. And I went online, and I think the official Transformers TCG website where Optimus is talking to you while he's showing how the cards, like, the, you know, how you count up the, the attack and defense and everything. Yeah, those videos are sick. Yeah, with Optimus talking, I was like, yo, that really, like, <laughs> put me in. <laughs> and then I, I think honestly everything goes hand in hand because I was just in a really really good position of how I worked out so I was looking for the most competitive players in the game because I knew that's what I wanted to do I was, wasn't trying to play casual, I'm not trying to have fun I'm not trying to play fun decks, I want to play the best decks period <laughs> and I want to win simple as that so um, I was uh, the, the long story short the Vector Sigma guys I didn't realize how close they were to me, I was listening to their podcast so that helped out while I was at work you know, all throughout the day and just so happened that those guys, like they come to my, a couple of the guys came to uh, my local scene over in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And from there, I just like clinched on to one of them and then, you know, got the information from there and uh, talked, you know, met all the guys, started going to the tournaments closer to uh, the New Jersey, uh, Philadelphia area. And, um, you know, just soaked up as much knowledge as I can. I, I call myself, honestly, the first honorary patron. I really think I'm like the. It's like it's like in the movies. Like they they told me that Kent was the first patron, but this is like in like the movies where they have like a trilogy, and like at the end of the trilogy, you know how they go back to the prequel. I'm in the prequel because like. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel you. I was the I was the patron before the patron, so because I I barraged Scott with questions all the time. I know he was probably annoyed, but hey, 
there's a price you got to pay to try to get the things you wanted to get out of the game, and that's where I am today. I don't know, man. I think I feel like Scott likes to give information to people. Like, he I feel does, like but like I, I used to just hit him like with just like questions at random times of the day, like all the time, and kind of just like, I mean, I, I don't. He, I mean, he answered my questions, so shout out to him for being cool with it, you know. But um, mm-hmm. I and I didn't really know Dan yet, so now I like talk to Dan a lot and um as well. But um, yeah, so it all worked out. Yeah. I mean, well, so uh, back to some of the some of the questions I've got. Like, so yeah. what is what is some of the favorite things that you have about the Transformers TCG as opposed to some of the other games you had experience with, and why? Uh, the the way your attack sequences, like attack sequences and flipping. Like when I first learned the game, like I was saying, you know, it's very ABC to learn, but it's hard to actually master in terms of conserving cards at certain times. Um, I actually get a headache from playing this game. I never got a headache from playing Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> That's how like serious it is. Like games take so long. Like this isn't a game where you Unless it's a tournament, this isn't a game where I can just play for hours on end. Unless it's a, a tournament mm-hmm. coming up, like when it comes to playtesting, I actually need a break in between because of the thought process that goes into, man, if I attack this guy and I don't flip this, you know, amount of oranges or um, the multiple different like angles you can take in a game, and like messing up one specific attack can like potentially lose you the whole game, especially if your opponent capitalizes on it, is like insane. Like so. I love how because there are some games that are complicated to learn and also complicated to play. This one is a is very sneaky because, like I said, it's easy to learn and then all of a sudden, you know, it's actually kind of a uh, tough to uh, master. So. Um, yeah, man, absolutely. Like, there's a in in in. Forgive me for for fanboying a little bit about uh, no, you're good. Like the game the game design bit. Um, actually, uh, about uh, about Mark Rosewater, who's like the main designer of Magic. Okay. Um, so he's he's talked a bunch about a bunch about game design, and one of the things that like what's interesting about the point you mentioned is that there's this thing that people in game design strive for called strategic complexity. Yes. Right. So. Right. Right, there's like surface complexity, there's verbal complexity. Those are things that are like are basically obvious to someone. They look at it and go, oh, that looks hard. Right. The the best, sorry, the most satisfying games for the largest group, largest like section of like a population, like a like a community, right? Are the ones that are easy to learn, but that you can dive into, and then like your skill will maximize points there. Absolutely. yeah, so it's it, you know it's, it's a depth. You're trying to build depth into the cards in the game. That's one of the things I really like about the game too. So right, right. And it's, I think it's it's it says a lot that the two of you know both of us really kind of appreciate a similar aspect of the game. Absolutely. I think one of my other big favorite uh, parts about this game is obviously you know just direct damage on a simpler uh, <laughs> sense. Like uh, something I did not like. I looked at cards like Arm Hovercraft, thought it was trash when I first started. I was like, just one damage? That's lame. But like the power of one is like so. I feel like I want to like write a book on that. I don't have enough words to make a book. Yet, but, like <laughs> you should write an article then. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess yeah. The power of one. It's so crazy how like missing by one and them missing you by like it's such a feel good when they miss you by one. It's such a feel bad when you miss them by one and you lose the game. Or like just that one damage from the Arm Hovercraft. Like so, I think in the simplest sense of teaching a new player the game. Yeah. Well, let's say they've been playing for a couple of weeks and they're getting the hang of it. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're taking this Wheeljack or you're taking this Optimus with 10 attack and attacking this, this measly guy that has one health left. Mm-hmm. Like you got this arm hovercraft that you, you could just use and just get rid of it without burning another attack on it. Because because this game is simplified down to the we can only get one attack unless you know they're tapped out or you only have one action and one upgrade. It's slow in that sense. And just showing things like that, like things, excuse me, things that were shown to me like that, where I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. Like, of, like, not just the cards in your hand, like, I value this grenade launcher in my hand. I also value my attacks. Like, I feel really bad that I have to take my 13 attack guy into your one defense with one health guy. So I, that's why I really love direct damage is what I'm getting at. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. The green icon, yeah, and the, the green icon I think is so ridiculous too because in this game you can open with a bad hand but mold your hand to be a good hand between your draws throughout the game and then your greens just kind of shape your hand into being a better hand and use those cards, you know, accordingly. So um, Yu-Gi-Oh is not like that. If you brick, you can just probably just lose and that's it. In this game, you can actually, like, the game's not over. There's no OTKs. There's no one-turn kills in this game. So, um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> good disclaimer, good disclaimer, good disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think that's really, really cool that you, like I said, it's can't die in one turn and, you know, use the greens to help mold your hand, get rid of those, you know, handheld blasters or whatever. And, uh, on that note, kind of jumping into the future, I actually like how handheld blaster and improvised shield actually have more relevance in your hand now. So, for like example, uh, for Perceptive Sky Shadow, I'm playing a ghost shield in there because. In your flips, they're probably going to want to give you the bad card and an improvised shield. Or, or, excuse me, the card you want in an improvised shield or whatever the case is. So you might take that improvised shield and now you can actually... I like that you can use that and or handheld blaster to, um, you know, replace for a Master Sword slash Ghost Shield nowadays. I like that you can actually also use them in conjunction, like play improvised shield and set hit and fortificate, or excuse me, Play Improvised Shield and set hit uh, in hostilities, and now your mm-hmm. orange deck is like a blue deck for a turn. I also like on the other side, you can play Handheld Blaster yep. and play Belligerence, and that's yep. like, so like, you actually get more use out of those cards now, so it's not so bad to draw. I mean, of course you got that, it's like a two-card combo type thing, but, and that's just the scratch on the surface of like, things that are really cool about this game, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, okay, so speaking of things that are cool about the game, do you have a favorite deck or character that you've played or used so far in the in the game? Disclaimer, you cannot say Galaxy Prime. Oh, that's fine, because it's not. That's fine. <laughs> He's just a big, 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 big guy <laughs> with a lot of health. That's fine. Um, uh, I'm probably going to say Double Prime, honestly, because it was the first deck I was introduced to competitively. That'll probably just be my number one favorite deck of all time. Um, I'm biased with the... Sentinels because my son's middle name is Maximus. So when I saw Optimus Maximus, I'm like, oh, dude, I gotta play this guy because he has my son's freaking name. Like, what? True. So, um, <laughs> so I love I love the Sentinels and I, I played that deck very heavily uh, in the Wave Two format and uh, had some or not, uh, a good bit of success with that deck as well. So, uh, yeah, Double Prime first and then Sentinels uh, so far. Awesome. All right, well, uh, what are your thoughts on Wave 5? How, how is it looking to impact the upcoming metagame, in your opinion? you have general thoughts or anything more specific related to, like, actual, like, you know, one-off cards and characters? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of it. I like how it's shaping the game. I'm, I'm a control player at heart, so it's getting more and more difficult to play a blue deck straight up because of the black icon. And it took three sets for the black icon to become very relevant, but now that mm-hmm. it's here to stay... It's like blue is sincerely getting pushed out, but um, something I'm going to be talking about uh, very soon in uh, a solo video of mine is about like cars like Belligerence. I'll just give you a uh, sneak peek here. I Sick. think cars like uh, <laughs> I, I think, uh, and this is just my opinion, but I think cars like Belligerence are healthy for the game. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think it actually. I've heard WTC on multiple different um, in multiple different platforms say that they're they don't like that games are slow and like you got this blue on blue deck. It's like okay, I have like eight attack, but the guy's blocker for eight or nine. And, like, there's a lot of turns that just blunted in attacks. I know you can vouch for that with your jet fire and how your opponent just was not dealing damage. That was the whole point. Yeah, well, right, right, right. So I'm saying, like, a card like Belligerence just kind of, like, blunts that for a turn, and I can get a chunk of damage on jet fire and speed the game up so we're not going into time. I've seen too many games go into time, and I like how this game is implementing cards like that to help, like, just all of a sudden, like, 
have this burst turn, I guess we can call it, to um, help prevent time. Same with the black icon. If every attack is getting damage in, it's helping progress the game, and we won't need 60 minutes. We won't need, you know, extra time when, you know, those things happen. Now, granted, yes, there's still going to be some catalysts where um, your, uh, you know, perceptors and things like that, your opponent's going to take their time, like, oh, I don't know what to pick, blah, 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 take two minutes every perceptive flip. <laughs> but, I mean... Hopefully that kind of gets ironed out, you know, like I said, with these power cards we have. You can't tiptoe around the power cards forever. Um, you got to have some in a set to make first make it interesting, two, to, like I said, not have these games uh, drag along so often. And plus, um, this statement might, ha- might not have all been the same verbatim if we didn't get in hostilities, but we did. And um, the wider your opponent's team are is the better chances they have of using belligerence because you only get to uh, use in hostilities on a belligerence for on one battle. battle. Yeah. yeah. So if their team is, if it's just one on one, and it could be like, okay, well they beat me to the belligerence thing, but you wouldn't say anything at all if you had your in hostilities and they didn't. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't. I want. I guess it's kind of a you can't have a cake and eat it too thing. Because like you'd sit high and mighty with your chest poked out, like, oh yeah, I drew my my in hostilities. But then like the one time the guy beat you to his his power card before you did, now you're salty. You see what I'm saying? So like can't be like that. It's kind of just gotta chalk it up, shake it off, and keep it moving. Because you can't win them all. So, so. Totally fair. You know, I, I, and I think many of my associates would disagree with you about belligerence, but also <laughs> you are you are entitled to your opinion, man. Absolutely. Yep. Yes, sir. And, uh, yes. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to that 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 video essay. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just honestly gave a lot of it, but that's really my opinion on that, and it's literally just going to be about just random bullet points of things I think about this wave so far in uh, more depth, like when we talk mm-hmm. about like shockwave, a couple of my babies and stuff that I like to play, mm-hmm. and just like random little. Uh, things I've noticed about this format thus far. So. Yeah, I mean, some of the points of nuance are some of the most interesting things about this game because I really do think the the character axis of things is just it's such a puzzle. It's so fun to figure yeah. out. It reminds yeah. me of that that long discussion uh, you and I and I cannot remember the third party had about what the best partner for the airstrike patrol in Wave Five, where Wave Four was. Might have been Kai. I feel like that was at the hotel in Orlando. It, it, it might have been Kai. Might have been Kai. Yeah. But yeah. but uh, uh, there's also one we had in, in the Facebook comments of some post. Uh-huh. And and or it was like Megatron was the third one, but that was a, yeah, that was that was a really interesting conversation. But I, you know, we were literally just changing like one character. None of the cards in the battle deck were changing, but um, it was, it was still interesting. Yeah. Um, Something else really to touch on, by the way, about belligerence and uh, and hostilities and all that. It's mm-hmm. like we got we got to be kind of fair as blue players. So keep in mind, I'm not still the as much as I say what I say. I'm still not going to be okay with my opponent playing belligerence, <laughs> and I don't have the answer set or at least a sabotage or something. Keep mm-hmm. that in mind, but. It's like we had our fun. We had hidden fortifications. We were one thing with these ridiculous attacks. Orange needs to have some fun too, type thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that Orange had wave three mostly, with the exception maybe like some a couple of toggle. It it feels like a toggle, so that means wave six blue is bad, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping, man. That's what I'm hoping. Wave six will come back. Yes, sir. You know, (laughs) I am looking forward to like a uh, heal icon or like a reverse pierce icon, so like a purple icon. Like a purple icon, so like for every purple icon, you reduce their pierce by one. So if I have an orange purple, you know, or a blue purple rather, it would just reduce your pierce by one for each. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that would be cool. But, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next question. So like, what's actually interesting for me was uh, uh, 
like we've kind of seen a couple of decks within the webcam games uh, or people posting content, uh, but like where's your head at for trying to brew a, uh, right now? Like what what type of characters? Are there any like specific battle cards you want to make work? Like, where you uh, I'm having a I'm having a tough time. <laughs> pun intended, not really, but it just now. I'm having a tough time taking up tough cards out of my deck, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like play more static numbers. Play your ghost shield. Play uh, your sturdy armor. Your rock paper scissors. The covert sturdy and uh, reflex circus. Play your you know composite armor is going to be even better. All those cards that give static defensive numbers, but like at a point, it's like so you have your static defense plus your blue flips. Is that going to be enough? from their grenade slash whatever attack? And the answer might be yes, because if their deck is skewed to, like, orange-black, they're not going for, like, a super high score. They're going for, like, guaranteed damage. Mm-hmm. So that's a part I still have to, like, discover with this format. Obviously, you know, just I'm only playing against a select few amount of decks. But a Sky Shadow really uh, stood out to me because he is so similar to Superior in terms... Not, okay, I don't want to say so similar, but, I mean, he is a combiner in that similarity. He deals three damage to at least half or, I guess, a third of the factions. But he just reminds me of Superior in terms of how uh, impactful he was as a uh, character. And then on top of that, you don't have to use a, um, a an Enigma. You just combine when one guy dies. Now, um, so him and then, like, just finding characters for him. So it's like, yeah, 15 stars for this set of characters and, you know, this this team. And then you have your 10-star guy. So it's like, okay, well, Perceptor's 8. So that was, like, my one of my, I think, first decks I thought of. And I noticed the deck you were playing as well. So we were <laughs> Me on the too. Team, but you were playing the blue version. But my idea was to, like, go orange because it's like, well, damn, all these orange. Like, I think the main thing is because the orange-black cards are better than the blue-black cards. If we had a lot of good blue-black cards, I would have went blue, too, with you. But because we have so many orange-black cards, that was my first avenue. But I do want to build a blue-black version still. Um, I do like the Heal Optimist. I think Heal Optimist is going to have some merit. At first, I did first look at it and was like, uh, sure. You know, I looked at the rarity first, and I, I unfortunately, I based it off of his strength off of the rarity. I'm like, oh, he's just uncommon, but yeah. I will also uncommon, and we know what Wheeljack does. True. So, um, but I, I think he's going to have a, I, an annoyance to your opponent. I can just see these situations where he's just healing for so much that the amount of damage you do doesn't like do as much so i'm excited for him to actually still be in the format somehow some way it's like every format optimus just like molds himself and adapts to whatever's happening which i love True. and um on that note i still think galaxy is still going to be very good because of how big he is and you know how the uh, deck works yeah totally fair um, um, i think it's funny you mentioned the heal optimus because yeah. um i if, if the pendulum does swing back in favor of defensive shells in the next wave i think heal optimus might be one of the cards we need to keep our eyes on yeah 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 definitely you know? Absolutely. So I, think, I think he really could be especially with teammates too because like teammates like it, it's hard for me to want to play two or more autobots in a deck like so i have a yeah. blaster orange black deck i want to play but I will like get eaten alive by magnetic dysfunction rate. I know. But at yeah. the same time, it's you might get. How many times in testing have you gotten magdray in one game? Because it's like it's, it may not be that bad if they only do it once. But if they get like two or three, have a like a strong engine where they yeah. can see probably two per game. That's probably too much. Yeah. If one is almost too much. Like if they have horrible probably. and they yeah. use magdray, right. it's too much. Like like that's that's almost always game. Right. Um, right, right. If, they have, if they have, if they don't have horrible and they only draw one. I've won some games where that happened, where my okay. all Autobot team has gotten absolutely thrashed by a Magray, um, but but uh, it's rare, like yeah. it's very rare that, that I be, I've beaten a card. So, right. At least it's never been a green pip, like pressed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> um, at the same time, though, I think Autobots would deserve it because of press the advantage and the habit that card reaches. <laughs> 
But like, orange, orange, black, green, like wedge formation, that would just be ridiculous. So let's not go there. But agreed, agreed, agreed. But uh, or even just orange, green, like the press was. But um, I do like uh, horrible, especially uh, speaking of him. He is the reason why. Like I looked at Hollow Matter projected, and I was like, okay, that card is cool. But then I faced the horrible deck, and I got eaten alive. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous how much damage my guy that wasn't even attacking yet was taking. I was like, okay. I'm thinking Hollow Matter Projector is the new, the next green card to like potentially main deck at least one of like Pocket Processor, like or, or Reprocess, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and Reprocess has actually seen its way into my side deck right now. I don't know if I really want it in my main. So, like, and I don't know about how many soul green, solo greens I want in my deck. So it's like, mm-hmm. is it gonna be Pocket Hollow now, or is it gonna be a Soul Hollow? You know, those type of things. Um, so Horrible's obviously really strong. Fangry is like he's he's pretty cool, but um. I mean, well, I, I like. I think Fangry, I guess, has to be included in that because him and Horrible make up the only four wide Titan Master decks. We don't have any Autobots that are. Uh, well, I guess you could potentially do it with one of the eight Autobots or maybe a Cup, but maybe Cup is yeah. not that impactful like Horrible yeah. Fangry. So, uh, I do like Cup though, but he just came at the wrong time. I feel like just because of how much Pierce is out there. Like I said, I'm trying to get away from tough, but. Yeah. Uh, we we still do have tools as a uh, um, control deck. We have stable stable cover, um, you know. But we have to draw that card though. Every time they attack, they just get the damage. So that's the issue. Yeah. You know, uh, point defense system. Another card you got to draw. So. Why doesn't that card give you a defense? I know, right? <sighs> that's it, so frustrating. Yeah. Or it should reduce more. I feel like pier- uh, reducing my Pierce two isn't enough. Not after seeing what these cards can do and like how much Pierce like you know demolisher and everything, but but again we do have tools, so it's just about adapting. Like uh, hidden fortification to see in my its way out of my main deck and potentially mm-hmm. like a one up in my main and some of my decks and one in my side. And I don't even know if the one in my side is going to be good enough because it's like probably I want to catch like the one or two guys in a Swiss round that are still playing mono orange. So yeah. they're like okay, heavy, heavy fortification is good there. But if everybody's playing orange black, it's a waste of a side deck slot. So it's going to take like going into a tournament. To see what every where everybody else's head is at to yeah. my, to change my side deck accordingly. Um, it can I, also be good against like some of the other like the, like blue on blue hidden fortifications is actually still kind of good. Right, 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 right. So I'm thinking uh like maybe we can migrate if we're going like heavy black slash whatever type decks like concealing contrails can just kind of be the out to all of that because you just get defense you're not getting like you know belligerence is not turning that from anything. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where my head is at right now. Like and like I said with with Control decks, we have stable cover, we have in hostilities. In hostilities blunts a lot of attacks and makes them no more than the bigger they are for their turn, you know, type thing. Uh, especially like against Fangry. So Fangry has bold, would have bold five, you know, against whatever. And then use in hostilities, and the most they can probably do is like four Pierce four now, which isn't as bad as what it would have been, you know, 11 Pierce eight or some crap. So, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, man. Uh, actually, that kind of brings to mind another question. So, like, wh- how would you describe your approach to deck building? I know that you've played or occasionally played uh, some interesting battle decks. Maybe some with a little bit extra cards. Maybe some co- some with uh, more mixed pips than is like kind of conventional. Um, yeah. And I'm sure I can't be the only person that wonders how you kind of arrive at those. Um, honestly, I'm I'm a big fan. My play style. I, I sincerely think there's play styles in this game. It feels weird. Like I have a four wide orange black deck that still feels weird to play because I'm not used to four smaller characters. I like the big guy, medium, small guy approach. Ever since the double prime deck 
migrate it to the uh, three-wide version with uh, the, the seven-star Optimus and Flame War to help combat the Insecticons. I've kind of adapted that in almost every deck i played out. Yes, I like the Sentinels a lot. That was like a big guy and two medium guys type of thing. But um, I think, honestly, I just take my deck building from past knowledge based off of that. So like I said, big, medium, small, or what's another example? Um... I don't know. I think I just take like a team of characters which like has synergies like the Sky Shadow piece. I feel like those were were easier to uh, do because like again you have 15 stars. It's like okay, what 10 star characters are good? And it's like well, I'm not trying to play. Yeah, you, know, you can play like uh, I mean there's so many different options, but I wanted to mm-hmm. definitely play another Titan Master. I saw Perceptor. I knew like looking at Perceptor. First things first, Perceptor is very flip intensive, so mm-hmm. I need to put in with characters that don't need to flip. Oh snap! Sky Shadows don't need to flip. How many how many stars of a head can I put on Perceptor? You know, at least two, or maybe you can. I, I was thinking about doing Kreb and a uh, a Star Card, a Mountain Missile, to get seven double oranges. That's a potential option, or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I really think it's how it starts. And then when I actually start deck building, um, I don't like how I answer this question. Shout out to uh, Blues on Attack when they they had viewer question and they asked me how, but pretty much the same question. And mm-hmm. I don't like my answer to that. Um, I'm actually going to do a new series whenever um, I get to it. I don't know when yet, but um, of like it's called, it's going to be called ground up the ground up series. Okay. And um, literally how I build a deck. So like from start to finish. And I think the easiest way to build a deck right now, because there's only five waves. Uh, and I guess until we get set rotation, start at wave one, Question one, are you playing an orange deck? Or are you playing a blue deck? If you're playing a blue deck, first things first, three handheld blaster, three security mm-hmm. checkpoints, easy. So Why much has changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? It's like, it's like, if you're playing an orange deck, improvise shields and peace to tyrannies. And then, with, so with a blue deck, it's probably like three handheld, three security checkpoint, two energon acts, like usually is a, are a staple. Um, I'm probably playing ranged characters because I gravitate towards those, so I'm probably just going to throw three arm hovercrafts in there. And then, like, I'll probably stop there, and then I'll go to wave two. And then it's like, okay, I'm playing a blue deck. What's good in wave two that I would play in a blue deck? Marksmanship. That'd be a one or two of. Like, so I'll just go through every wave, and the cards that make sense, I'll compile them all in the deck, and I'll be at, like, 52 cards. And then I'll start kind of shading cards here and there. You know what I mean? I try to keep my... I don't know how much the math matters as far as you skew your deck from actions and upgrades, but like if I have, like, 21 actions and 19 upgrades, I'm happy. And that's kind of where I start. I'm not going to say that's what's supposed to happen or that's, like, the math and that's how I build a perfect deck or anything. That's just how I do it in the beginning. If I start uh, getting too many upgrades, I'm like, I, that, the one way I don't like doing those is having way too many upgrades. So if I have, like, 23 upgrades and 17 actions, I'm not a big fan of that, so I do try to even it out as much as possible. Um... But yeah, that's really just taking, like, when it comes to mixed decks, I honestly migrate a lot back to the Vector Sigma mixed deck from uh, that Scott Top 4 with at uh, Gen Con, the uh, mixed range of Optimus. I remember it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was Fire Drive and, uh, yeah. Fire Drive and Barrage. So I kind of, like, go back to that, and I thought that was really cool how they were um, articulating that. So I kind of migrate back to that when I try to build a uh, mixed deck and, you know, just kind of throw cards together and take the ones out. Well, another thing that's really cool about this game, by the way, mm-hmm. Is uh when you play a game and and I guess maybe this is the same for every game, but maybe not. Um, I'm able to be honest with myself about if a card sucks or not in my deck. Like, yeah, me too. Oh, it, you're so right. What's that? You're so right. You're yeah, so right. It, it's so easy to see how well a card works or how well a card or how bad a card is for your deck. Like sometimes I'll just actually draw it in my hand 
and like I think turns ahead. So I'm like, this card is straight trash. I cannot wait to take this card out. So <laughs> that's one thing I really like about this game as well. You can just really sincerely feel the synergies between cards. And then the last thing you have to do when you're playing a card or playing a deck is ask yourself, is this card really doing you anything? Like, is it is it really good for your deck? That's, that's the last thing that's probably the hardest challenge is to be honest with yourself about uh, things. And I have an issue with playing 40 cards because sometimes I just, I'm very indecisive on the last couple of cards. And that's why my Orlando deck was 41. I didn't... Uh, I just could not figure out, like, I'm looking at all 41 cards on the table, and like, I just could not come to a decision. That's probably where I should have called Dan or Scott or somebody and be like, hey, what do you think I should cut? But then sometimes our opinions don't mix well sometimes, and that's, that's okay. Like, that, that conflict is okay because it helps build to, you know, the best version of a deck or whatever. But um, I was just sold on all 41 cards. So I was like, the percentage in, with math, the math obviously is better with 40 cards, but the percentage is not that much farther off with 41. And the way this game works... I get that you want to give yourself the best percentage chance of drawing a card, but when I end up deciding to play a 41 or 42 card deck, the percentage does not matter that much. It's going to matter over the course of 100 games mathematically. Like, it's going to cost me a game on game 97. It might have cost me a game because, like, the Arm Hovercraft I wanted to draw was the next card, but I drew this card for my turn instead of, you know what I mean, type thing, just because you have that one extra card in your deck. And um, that's how I think about the game. And like I said, the percentage isn't that bad. And... Um, so that's why I do what I do. And, I, and overall, in the end, this game still has the uh, alma mater of play skill is everything, to yeah. be honest with you. So. Yeah, man. Um, all right, so uh, what, what would you say have been some of the keys to your success at these larger tournaments? I, you know, I, I mean, your intro, I read off all of your accomplishments, uh, at least as far as the game goes. Um, but how, what do you think has been some of the contributing factors to that? Uh Playtesting, my girlfriend saying me, she's funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you know what? She did help a lot because I could not stand Insecticon, and we did play a lot of games. Like while she was pregnant, we actually played, sat at the table and played a lot of games of Double Prime versus uh, Insecticon. And like I got that matchup down and like knew when I was gonna lose and would scoop early because I knew when I was gonna lose. So shout out to my girlfriend, she helped out a lot with that. Um, but I'm really gonna say, you know, just uh, my past experience in card games. Um, the information that I got, I, I think I learned the like reasons why this card and that card type thing is better from Vector Sigma, and then just the in terms of just playing in turn sequences, I just learned because like I, I don't know how I really want to say it. I think it's just something that just grows on you with the with uh, continuously playing the game. To be honest with you, just like and, and seriously understanding why certain moves are bad, identifying when you misplay why it was a misplay. If you just make a play and it's like, oh well, I won anyway, didn't I? It's like you know what I mean. Like you don't want to be like that. Like yeah. you want to identify like, okay, that was a misplay. I got lucky, but next time in a situation, I might not be so lucky, and I need to make sure I analyze that and um, you know, make sure I don't mess up the next time. Uh, yeah, man. I actually on on, the, on that point. Sorry to sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. On that point, one of the things I've actually noticed in my conversations with you, uh, particularly about matches and games, uh, I feel like you've openly admitted when you got lucky and you haven't been salty when you got unlucky. Yes, I try to um, I try to uh, keep a straight face and just you know realize I can't win them all and you know it's all good. Uh, that's something that was uh, you know something I've kind of learned through Yu-Gi-Oh and you know just shake your opponent's hand and you know just keep it moving. It's it's all good in the end, type thing. Yeah, 
I mean, it's a very admirable quality. I, you know, I in 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 all my communities of different uh, card games I've played all the time or like over time, uh, there's a lot of people who don't act that way. Yeah, so, yeah. It's it's nice to see it from someone who both also who also has a high level of skill. Right, right. I uh, appreciate that. Um, yeah, I definitely I plan on teaching my son the ways of uh, being a, a real man because that, that's just things that you do, you know. So. Amen to that. Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, the last thing, question I have for you is whether you have any questions for me or anything I missed that you really wanted to mention or hit on before we close things out. What decks have you guys been successful with and uh, have liked and gravitated towards and changed since playing? Uh, cause I know you guys play with proxies a lot as well, so what has caught you guys? Uh, you guys uh, I mean, uh, I basically want to play... So almost every deck that we've built has involved Sky Shadow, Perceptor, or Horrible. Yeah, that that's kind of is with me. Like I just gravitate towards like the I mean the kind of good cards and go from there. So yeah, I'm with that. You yeah. guys play about uh, Brawn at all? Y'all like Brawn at all? Or uh, I like Brawn. I've actually been playing Brawn in more decks recently. Okay. Um, uh, I think one of the things about Brawn, just the fact that he's not flip intensive and is an offensively powerful five star. Right. Um, is kind of a unique thing in the game, right? Right. Uh, having two base defense, I think, is actually really good on him too. Yeah. I do wish he was ranged. It kills me that he isn't ranged. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least, but I mean, most trucks are melee in that mode, so I guess like if you would ever flip him to bot mode, I wish he was ranged there. But I guess like he still does feel like a melee character, so I guess I get it. But I do like that they're trying to branch out a little bit and give the other characters time to shine. Like specialists, I still think are behind. Mm-hmm. So. Like melee, I mean range is still number one, but I do like that they're trying to give melee some more love. So I like that cards like Reflex Circus will be more valuable. Um, I'm hoping they're specialists, and uh, even cards like uh, what's that Intelligence Mission where you tap a specialist and draw three. Oh yeah, yeah. Like cards like that where you tap a character have more value than like so instead of the tap icon on them where like you use the tap and then use their effect. I'm hoping we get a character like if this card is tapped by a card effect, use this. I think, yeah, or something. Like, just something yeah. in general. Like, so use Intelligence Mission to tap a, your specialist, draw three, and then use its special ability as well. So I'm hoping, like, the, the synergy between the battle cards get, you know, some type of thing with the characters eventually. That'd be cool. That would be cool. And I, I agree with you. I, I like that they're kind of showing the other combat tribes a little more love in this set. Right. There's a right. lot of good melee characters in this set. It's just... Yeah. So, yes, sir. Um, oh, one of the other things that I've mentioned about, or mentioned about, care, about lineups is we found that the health heads are the best heads. And they're all Decepticons, yeah. And they're all Decepticons, <laughs> which is hilarious. But, like, in our testing, like, the health heads have just been the best heads. Like, Yeah, I can't really see myself trying to play, like, the plus one head or the plus one deep, or excuse me, the plus one attack head or defense head. Um, the only other one I think that really makes the cut as an Autobot is... Um, Parsec. You know, yeah, Parsec. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you can see it, mm-hmm. It, Flintlock was the man until they kept continuously rele- releasing all because we saw Flintlock, you know, super early in the mm-hmm. release, the, uh, the spoilers, and then they kept releasing more and more and more and more and more good black cards. We're like, okay, so Tough is just out. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where I want to put uh, what's the other one, Clobber, because it's like he's so many stars and like you make your guy so big and he's like kind of your centerpiece. And mm-hmm. but you actually don't. But at the same time, you don't care if he dies because Clobber is also. Uh, yeah, Clover's a real offensive threat. You're, yeah, yeah. you're totally right. Like when he pops off, like two bold three is there's no joke. That's basically lionizer, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think about like him and well, brainstorm's nine star, so you can't even because makes thirteen. Because I'm thinking about like ASP or like other four wide decks that play like a couple fives and fours, but then I also think about trip wire, so then that that's just out the window. Yeah. Um, 
Shout out to Tripwire. That car is definitely going to change dynamics, too. It's actually going to make you, like, I feel like Night Racers, right, Night Racer is the new target-on-my-back type character because um, I had a situation the other day where I was playing Shockwave, and the normal play is to flip Shockwave, attack with uh, Sights. And I got Tripwire the next turn. I'm like, wow. That's crazy. So now I actually need to send out Night Racer first for the <laughs> potential Tripwire to take over my Night Racer. Now, granted, they can probably get you know uh, Tripwire the Night Racer on uh, the wheel turn, but mm-hmm. I definitely don't need to have it on the first turn, especially like against a like it was like against the heavier orange deck, but it, like it text Tripwire and like it, so that car can just be anywhere and ruin your deck. So yeah, best zap ever. Not close. Yes. <laughs> Power creep for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, I don't want to keep you for too long, so uh, I think we gotta, we'll call the interview there. Okay. Um, and Thanks for having me, man. Pardon me? I said thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Uh, and I'll just give us a quick outro and then let you go. Cool. All right. Uh, well, that ought to do it for episode 12 of the Transform Your Game podcast. Big thank you to you, Stefan. Uh, many thanks to my normal co-hosts for letting me commandeer their airtime this week. And as always, much appreciation for all of you listening out there. Uh, We'll be back to a more usual format in next week's episode, but I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed conducting it. Um, If you found the input and information here valuable, you can find more strategy, analysis, tournament reports, and more like it at transformyourgame.net. We look forward to being back to speak to all of you all next week. But until that time, clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose.